Welcome to the Inside Admissions Podcast, where we will be discussing everything about the college admissions process. I'm your host, Michael Keller, and joining me is my co-host, Ben Preston. Hello. So in this week's episode, we will be talking about AP tests, AP classes, and the College Board. So joining us today on this episode is MHS AP Lit teacher, I suppose Jason Elrod, if we're going to sure. have this on the internet. Sure, sure. Uh, so if you just want to introduce yourself a little bit more, maybe describe your job. Sure. Um, yeah, um, so I've been teaching in, at Madison since 2005, so I teach uh, AP Lit and Senior Seminar. Um, I've been teaching AP probably um, for the last 15 years. It's funny, uh, I was born in 2005, so there we go. There <laughs> that's we go. been a while. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to start off the discussion with, I guess, more of this idea that college admissions has become a lot more competitive and like we could even say the last decade, maybe even the last five years. Mm -hmm. uh, so with that in mind, as your job as an AP teacher, have you noticed maybe any changes in either AP's curriculum or perhaps the number of students taking your class? Sure. So the curriculum hasn't changed. The mm. curriculum's been the same. And even though I keep waiting for the test to somehow, the College Board to sort of update, update the material they're using, like use uh, more modern literature and stuff like that, they still uh, stick pretty steadfastly to old, like 19th, 18th century, 19th century, early 20th century stuff. So that's pretty much stayed the same. Um, in terms of the number of students taking AP Lit, that's changed drastically. Mm -hmm. So from 2007 to 2017, um, at the high school, there was only one AP Lit class. Sure. Um, starting in 2017, we had two classes. And then starting in 2019, we've had three classes. So we've had wow. three classes since then. So I guess um, my question is back to you guys is, why do you think that's the case? Like, why all of a sudden, why all of a sudden are there three classes of AP Lit instead of one? And, you know, I'm thinking that maybe it's because the love of reading is just exponentially growing. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But maybe you have another, another theory. Right. So one thing that we talked about on our last episode was um, the college admissions process has lately been straying away from, from numbers. So the SAT, the ACT are becoming less popular in the decision-making process on the college side. So I think a lot of students are prioritizing their class choice, making that a lot more competitive. Sure. And so straying towards college-level cla uh, college classes, not necessarily the tests. I don't think that the tests are as appealing mm -hmm. as the title of you know, an AP class sure. would be. Exactly. Uh, I remember going to college uh, information sessions and they'd always show this graph which is um, I, I, they usually did it when, with X's where it would be most considered to least considered and it would be different subjects mm -hmm. um, and I recall like the big ones being like grades and like your actual transcript then like extracurriculars uh, and then class rigor was a big one mm -hmm. and on these X's um, it seemed even now more institutions believed that your grades even mattered a little bit less than the rigor of your courses. Sure. So showing a college that you're able to succeed at a high level, and I guess AP, or taking an AP class proves that in that sense. So maybe for us, um, especially if you know, you're a student not submitting test scores, maybe mm -hmm. taking an AP class is a little bit more of a boost to your application. Sure. 
Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. Um, the other thing just about that sort of like expansion, I mean, there's always been this question of, is it a matter of like, are we somehow by letting three times the number of students into these higher level classes, are we somehow compromising, right, the standard that we're holding students to and stuff like that? Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I think that like allowing access to like a greater number of students, I think is really, is really important. And if you were to take that line of thinking that allowing more students in would be maybe detrimental to how students do overall in terms of on the test, like are, are there like, you know, say now, um, no one present here and no one in the school now, but say like maybe like weaker students are now taking the class because there's more of them. The, the test scores from last year, um, every student earned a three or above and almost 80% of students scored a four or five. Wow. So it's like, so even in terms of like the idea of greater access is gonna mean somehow some dilution of the quality of the course or the quality of like what it means um, and the test, the fact that the test has stayed the same, I would say it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty much um, a good thing, right, to open this up. And then everyone has sort of like this, this sort of experience to take that higher level class. Definitely. You know. Yeah, I agree. So do you think that um, the increase in students taking AP Lit has changed the way that you're teaching it? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think that, um, so I have changed the way that I've taught it. When I, when I took it over in 2005, I was basically going by the book in terms of what the previous teacher had done. Um, I've kind of over the years, I gradually sort of shift as, right, as the students change, um, I gradually, I have gradually shifted. Um, what does that mean? I mean, it means probably I, I teach maybe like two less books than what I, like I might have taught seven books a year, now I teach five books a year. I might need to spend a little bit more time on certain, on certain concepts, you know, staying with a certain thing a little bit longer than maybe I used to. Um, but, but that's pretty much the only way I think it's changed. And then just like me trying to update the content of the course to like gain student interest. So I'm, I'm, I'm very sort of cognizant of the audience and the student receptivity to what we're doing in class. And I'm always trying to find things that I think work that engage like the greatest number of people. So over the years, that's sort of, I've shifted what I'm doing in response to how things land, <laughs> you know, how different works land. So. Definitely. So, um, so I actually enrolled in your summer college essay program. So sure. we, we kind of wanted to just take a little look at that quickly. So um, for the audience, uh, you run a summer program to help rising seniors write their college essays. Uh, and we're curious along, I think this kind of ties into the idea of taking AP classes. Uh, have you maybe noticed an increase in the number of students who have enrolled in this course? And maybe do you associate this with maybe the more competitive nature of the admissions process? I mean that from a sense of, are people more urgent now to get on top of their college work? Yeah. Um, it's definitely been, over the years, it's definitely sort of, it's grown. 
Um, now, I don't know whether to attribute that growth to just word of mouth in terms of the, the um, class itself, or if it is what you guys are talking about, like if it is the actual shift to a more holistic evaluation of a student, so therefore the college essay would hold more weight. I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, the, the one thing I, I did want to sort of um, kind of talk about here, address, which I think is interesting, and then I'll want to come back to the, the sure. college essay thing, is just like, um, and I know that the, the purpose of this podcast is getting at like the college admissions process and stuff like that. But I guess m one of my questions is, is like, do students feel like the purpose of education I guess my, my question is like, how do students view the purpose of education? Like, do students view the purpose of education as only a means to an end? Like, everything we're doing here is only to get into whatever school, or if the things that are happening in school, um, the skills you're learning, the things you're understanding, if that has a value greater than just a GPA, um, a transcript, um, uh, sort of like, uh, a, a moving, a moving uh, portrayal of yourself in your college essay to wow the admissions officers. Mm -hmm. I guess my question is: is is, is uh, do you guys, from your point of view, view education as having a value um, greater than just a means to an end? I so think it's it's highly individual. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of people get caught up in like tunnel vision into that GPA. Um, that GPA grind where you, you go through the motions of, of completing your assignments, studying, you know, learning the material, but not appreciating it for the sake of learning, but appreciating it for the sake of you know, getting an A on that test. And I think personally, as I've gotten older, I think I've strayed away from that. I think especially in, in my senior year, I realized you know, now that I'm accepted to college, what can I do now so that I am most prepared for it. Right, I right. think that getting, like, keeping those numbers up isn't preparing me for my college experience, per se. Right. Really, beyond that, I think that what will prepare me for life at this point is actually taking the time to value this education to get the most out of, out of my classes and the input from my teachers as well. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with Michael. And I'd say from personal experience, I definitely had some... At, at many points felt like high school as was almost like a means to an end to have to eventually get to a college uh, mm -hmm. admittance mm -hmm. uh, but now that I think well at least throughout my high school career I've wanted to structure my classes in a way where that I knew I would be taking the classes that would benefit me in the future or at mm -hmm. least prepare me to succeed yeah later on so in that sense I think I tried to take it at a from a viewpoint of um, personal growth. Yeah. But, and especially now that I'm actually, I'm also now in college, or admitted to a college, um, I do find more value in the education. Um, but I could definitely see there being a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, like, just your responses, like, both of you, just in terms of, like, once the pressure's off, exactly. once you feel like this mm -hmm. other thing is secured, then you can actually sort of, like, sort of be where you are. Exactly. and like stay focused on like what's going on there. Yeah. I think that's I think also the, the benefit to, I think, a college education from somebody in high school is knowing that maybe, at least with high school, knowing that at some point you're going to 
if you want to succeed, or at least we're told that we have to go to college. And I think once you're in college, then there's maybe this expectation that you have to prepare yourself for a career. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, maybe you feel more motivated to, I guess, really what it is is learn how to succeed in that environment mm -hmm. instead of learn how to succeed into college. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up because I think if I could go back and, and you know, start high school over again, mm -hmm. I would look at it completely different. I would try to value my education a lot more than I would value test scores. But I mean, if you value that education and you really take the time to learn for yourself mm -hmm. and not just as a means to an end, I think that everything else follows. Right. So, you know, if you are going through a math class, you know, you have to figure out how this will be important in your future. Yeah. And then you realize that that's important, so you learn it. And then right. since you know it, you'll do well on the test. Sure. So I think that ideally, like, everyone should think that way. But it's really easy to lose sight of that. Yeah. So, like, going back to if I could go back, I would tell myself, you know, like really appreciate the learning opportunity and not the opportunity to make your transcript look a little bit better. Sure. You know, you've been in a position where you've been able to see the process change. Yeah. And I guess we're just asking, how has it changed from yeah. your viewpoint? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of in terms of the, I guess there is. I mean, I think it is true. Like, I I also do and have for years. Like tutored SAT, ACT, all that stuff. So I can definitely speak to the fact that, like, and I still do, like, you know, tutor stuff, tutor students with that material, but like, it's not as many and it's not as intense like, as it used to be. Sure. You know, that's definitely there. Um, to speak about the SAT, I mean, if we're, if we're thinking about like SAT, uh, the weight being on the SAT versus being like on the rigor of the transcript mm -hmm. and like the AP classes and stuff, I think it does make sense to put the emphasis on the rigor of the course load because, you know, the SAT is, is a test that takes whatever, three to four hours, you know, and it's this one snapshot, whereas with the AP class, you're getting a snapshot over the course of the entire year, you know, so I, I think it makes sense. Um, that being said, I, I do think that there's a value in the SAT and the ACT because those tests in a sense, even though there's the time aspect of it, which, which disadvantages some learners, is still a snapshot of skill. You know, so it does worry me. It worries me, it's not gonna be my worry to have, but it worries me that if, if colleges are taking these students in and they don't know that they have like a certain reading comprehension level on the SAT, what's gonna happen freshman year when those kids have to read more mm -hmm. than they've ever read in their entire lives, you know, so. That's true, and I think additionally, like, like yes, there's like a reading comprehension level to it, but also a problem solving. Yeah, you know, like you go into that test with no prep, and and you won't do well because the test is testing actual math and, and right. reading skills, but it's also testing your test taking abilities. Yeah. So I took an SAT course that was two weeks long, and a lot of it was not actually the content of, of the math problems, right. but how to narrow down the answer choices and, sure. and zero in on one, on one choice that, that you think is correct. Sure. And the same thing with, with English, you have to like rule out certain answers before you can even really answer the question. And it's more of a strategy-based thing. 
from my personal experience with it. Yeah. Um, and then just to go back to the college essay thing, I mean, I, I think that it's true. Like, you know, if we are thinking about the rise in interest in that being this idea of colleges are looking at a more like a holistic picture of the student, you know, I think that like the value just to sort of like, you know, we talked about before, like the value of, of an education versus like it being a means to an end. You know, I think the same thing sort of exists with the college essay itself and like writing a personal narrative, you know. So I think like the act of writing a personal narrative um, puts a student in touch with what do they value. And it puts a student in touch with like um, what they value in themselves and their own value, you know, which I think is really much more empowering than like I'm measuring myself against what my rank is in my class or I'm measuring myself based on what sweatshirt I get to put on like after everyone's been accepted to school you know so I think that the value of that personal narrative or college essay you know still exists I think in a in a place beyond like its function to like get people into college you know I think it's like people articulating for themselves what their own value is, yeah. you know, and I think that that's something that hopefully, you know, you can carry with you and sort of stick to, you know, when it might not seem that the outside world is valuing you, right, in the right. way that could happen when, you know, whatever, school gets tough or life gets tough, you know, so um, just thinking about that extra the extra purpose of that, that personal story. You know? yeah. Yeah. Additionally, I think it, it can also serve to personalize, like from the viewpoint of a college, you're looking at this student's file, you have all their test scores, their GPA, everything, but you don't really know them. Yeah. So to get that personal story, I mean, if, if say someone's numbers weren't up to standard, yeah. you can see a personal story of maybe a difficulty in their life that's gotten in the way of that. Yeah. And, and it shows their strength through that. So I think, yeah. that, I think that college is leaning towards that more holistic approach that we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's reasonable, I think, because you really get the whole story behind a student. Yeah. It's yeah. an emphasis on character. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I suppose test scores don't really, or even rigor to that extent, don't really yeah. accomplish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to speak to Michael's point, like, what I think is also really interesting about the college essay is that students get to tell a story that's personal and like it's not, and I think when it's operating at its best, it's not necessarily a matter of image control. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a matter of what I want people to see about me. It's really letting people in to see who they really are. You know, and I think like that type of stuff can both have a greater impact on an admissions, you know, on an admissions officer, you know, but it's also, I think, I think it's a really interesting sort of thing where this is like a, it's a real, not to say that grades aren't real, because of course all the sweat that goes into you guys, you know, what you're earning as far as your grades, but it's not something that's like a resume or, you know, uh, maybe your service hours or whatever. <laughs> things might be maybe more constructed, you know, um, for, for a certain appeal, you know. So I think that that's another aspect of it that's interesting is that it gives people a chance to, 
kind of speak from the heart and like be real um, in ways that in ways that maybe um, you know just there's no opportunity for that in other academic yeah. situations mm -hmm. you know great well I think with that being said we might have to wrap up the episode so thank you so much sure. for joining us yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great to hear everything you said especially from your perspective your unique perspective for that matter sure thanks um, for having me great Thanks for listening to this episode of the Inside Admissions podcast. Join us next week where we will talk to MHS seniors about their perspective on the college admissions process. See you next week.